Welcome to the God Shift Podcast, where we move you from disruption into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and individuals, organization leaders, and ministry leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how elevating God's position in your life empowers you to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty and unlocks the door to confidently move you into your next chapter. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am the founder of A God Shift Movement, where here we are committed to helping believers embrace disruption, collide with God's purpose, and move into a greater destiny. So I am grateful that you are here listening to this episode, but I have a favor to ask of you. So I would be very appreciative if you would take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast. So whether it's on your phone, your tablet, your computer, if you'll take a screenshot of it and then post it on your social media. And when you do so, I would love for you to do two things. Number one, tag us here at A God Shift. And then number two, if you will post your biggest takeaway or your biggest aha moment from the episode, because it just helps us. I say all the time, I don't really care about number of downloads and all of that. This this platform is not about metrics for me. But what it is for me is an opportunity for this message to get in the hands, hearts, and minds of as many people as possible. Because how many of us know that our lives, our communities, and our worlds are in such turmoil these days, and people need to know that there is hope on the other side of what it is that they're going through, and regardless of what they're able to see with their natural eyes, that there is a whole nother world out there and a whole nother level of destiny that God has for them. So the more we share these episodes, the more we share this information, the more people can get where it is that God needs them next, okay? Awesome. So let's get to it. I am going to read my guest bio. I am really excited to hear this story. I don't care if anybody else listens to it. I really want to hear this story. So I'm going to read the bio and then we are going to get right into this interview. So my guest today is a mother, author, and advocate. After questioning her faith and volunteering in a third world country, she realized her true calling and God's purpose for her life. After having three biological children, she and her husband added five more children to their family through foster care and transracial adoptions. Excuse me. Though a blended family with very, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm messing all this up. Though a blended family with several special needs children didn't come without challenges, God helped them through every difficulty as they responded in loving obedience to his clear calling. I'm excited to welcome to the show, Trisha Campbell. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. How are you today? I'm good. I'm, I'm warmer today. We, we, we warmed up into the 40s. Listen, at the time of this recording, you all, it is February the 17th, 2022. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and we should be shaping up to start bringing out our flip-flops and tank tops. 
it feels like it's 25 degrees outside right now. Oh I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it has anything to do with global warming or everything that they're saying that is going on in our environment. But what I do know for sure is Texas has been spitting out temperatures like Powerball numbers. It's been like 82, 49, 63, 18. <laughs> like it's just been a really, really bizarre winter going into what we would normally be spring. So yes, it's cold outside. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, Trish, I want to get into it a little bit, but I love okay. reading people's bios, but I also love to give them the opportunity just to share 15 or 30 seconds about, you know, who they are and, you know, kind of how they play in the world. Because it's not always the same as, you know, what our bio says. Right, right. Well, um, I, my husband, I have eight kids and 12 grandchildren at this point. Um, I know uh, they used to be zero to 14. They're now 22 to 36. Back when the kids were little, people would always say to me, how do you do it? And I go, I have no idea. You're welcome to come over and watch if you'd like, but I can't actually tell you. And uh, so now, now that they're all grown up, um, I had the opportunity to process it. And I wrote a memoir about it, which was eight was enough. And that's, yeah, that's how that all came out. Yeah. You know, really interestingly, um, one of my best friends from grade school, her name was Jennifer Crenshaw. She's Jennifer Crowder now because she got married a month after we graduated from high school. And I can remember when she and I were sitting in the library right before we graduated high school. And she was telling me that she and her fiance, obviously now husband at the time, Trent, were buying a five bedroom house. And I said, Jennifer, what are you going to do with a five bedroom house? And she said, put babies in it. Well, fast forward, she has eight kids. <laughs> oh, wow. Good for her. That's amazing. That. And, I, and I used to say all the time, like, I think it would take the patience of Job to have eight kids. And so her demeanor seems to be a lot about, a lot like yours, Trisha, before even really getting much into the conversation. I think the Lord yeah. knew what he was doing when he gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, it has to be, it has to be a calling. If it's yeah. not, if it's not, you just aren't going to have the same kind of grace. That, right? that is so good. And I feel like we're already in the interview, even before we get into the interview, how the things that God calls us to, he gives us the grace for it, you know, absolutely. Story, but in, in, you know, I think it was Paul who had the, the thorn in his flesh and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. And mm-hmm. oftentimes we don't think that we are prepared for what it is that he's calling us to. But I think that that sometimes can be a real sure sign that we're actually exactly where it is that we need to be because we can tell that there's a grace on our life. Like you said, right. people ask you, how did, how did you do it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you that. I don't know how to tell you that I do it, but obviously we're getting it done. And I do believe it's because the grace that has yeah. been extended on you. So I think that's a right. great point. So right. let's go back to the beginning a little bit, because I don't think that, you know, you just woke up one day and said, I'm going to adopt all these Brown kids and add five. No that I already have and whatever the case may be, right? Right. For context of the conversation, Tricia, my definition of a God shift is any time a moment in your life, a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but it ultimately gets you into your destiny because I believe that he uses unexpected circumstances to get our attention. The question is, even though we may recognize that he's inviting us into something better, Will we really see what he wants us to see, learn what it is that he wants us to learn? And for many of us go or do, you know, what he's calling us to next. And so I would love just to hear, you know, like, how did you get here? Like, was there some form 
of unexpected circumstance or setback or challenge or disappointment? Like, how did you get to the point where you were just like, huh, I, I feel like this is what we should be doing as if three was right. enough, eight, you, you get eight. Yeah. Right. Well, um, it, it started with our conversion experience. I mean, that was, it was, is a absolutely miraculous conversion experience that I had. And, and it was just me, myself and God. And um, so like when people say, Oh, I heard that, that God's giving people in, you know, locked up Muslim countries dreams and they're coming to faith and whatever I'm going, yeah, he does that. Yeah. You know, cause, cause that's, that's where I was at. I mean, he just, he, he just sort of intervened because as soon as we got converted, he started to give me dreams of a one-armed black baby girl and she was our daughter. And I had like several dreams and she was different ages in the dreams and it was very obvious she was our daughter. And so after the third dream, I always woke up and told my husband, Dave, about the dreams. And when I woke up, um, we were actually out of town on a business trip. And I told Dave about the dream. We went to church at, at the, the church near our hotel. So um, and, and the guy was up there and he started to preach about um, the book of Mark. And he said, you know, and then Jesus took a child among them and said, he who receives one such child receives me and not just me, but him who sent me. And I just went, <laughs> there was the explosion right there. And I just started weeping. And Dave's looking at me like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> and I just knew that I knew that I knew where we were headed at that point. And I'm just, I'm just curious, just because of my own curiosity, is your husband also Caucasian, Tricia? He sure is. He okay. sure is. And I only ask that because I'm biracial. My mother is white. My dad is black. Some people say, uh -huh. yeah, I can tell by looking at you. Other people say, no, you just look like a light-skinned black girl to me. Yeah. But um, I always, you know, when I think about like myself and my own upbringing and the things that my mother obviously had no clue about, like, for example, my hair, you know, she had mm -hmm. no clue what to do with a black kid's hair because she's been white all of her life. So I was just curious. So what I did was I learned, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I went out there and I asked people, I was like, I want you to teach me. And I ended up being very good at comb outs and braiding and beading yeah. and the whole nine yards. And then one of my daughters um, decided she wanted dreadlocks. I'm like, okay, here we go. Learning curve. I got to learn dreadlocks now. And so yeah. I went out, I learned to do dreadlocks. And then um, interestingly, um, later on, we were in a, a, a church, a very big church. Our church is very multicultural. Like you'll hear different languages spoken in the, the hallways and stuff like that. But um, a woman of color asked me to teach her how to do dreads. Oh, that's awesome. So her 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 daughter had seen my daughter's hair and wanted her hair to look like that. And the mom came to me and goes, can you teach me how to do this? Because I have no idea what to do. So I went over, I did her daughter's entire head. I explained the whole thing. I explained about new growth and how you got to work it in and all these things. Yeah. And I just showed her all how to do it. And um, yeah. yeah, so so I, I in my you. mind, though, that's just learning how to take care of my kids. Exactly, exactly. It had nothing to do with them being black. It's like, this is what they need. But I think yeah, the reason right. why I asked that question was because just for us to help paint the picture of how far-fetched, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative connotation, 
even more so what it was that God was calling you to do. Because sometimes I don't think, or almost always, I think our faith doesn't usually make sense to our current context. So it's like, Lord, not only are you telling us to go out and get kids that are not ours, you're asking us to go out and get kids that look nothing like us, probably have lived nothing like us, probably have experiences, nothing like us. Yet that is what it is that you have prepared us to do, right? Right, right, exactly. And, and our kids, I, I mean, all of them came out of difficult backgrounds. Yeah. And so, you know, our learning circumstances, I mean, the circumstances I, I grew up in was so uh, beaver cleaver kind of, you know, with, with mom and dad and mom was a teacher and dad was a cop and we had four kids and we had a dog in a house and a da, 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 right. Yeah. And um, so, so then you come into a situation where you're dealing with kids that have been exposed to crack or you've been kids that have uh, venereal disease when they're born or, you know, yeah. all these other kinds of things. And so, so you're on a, a, a big time launched into a, a learning and, and like expanding your mind and your heart and your, and your faith in a way that, that is, has to be God. Yeah. Right. It is just not, it's not humanly possible. Right. And so why do you think, because I believe that God can do a lot of things to get our attention Mm-hmm. I believe that there's a lot of things that he can call us to and could call us to. But mm-hmm. when you look back now at the time that you were in in your life, when you started to have this dream and then you start to get the confirmations from the sermons to lead you to go, OK, yes, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Why do you believe either one God used at that time in your life? Was there something in particular that was going on or why do you believe that this is what he called you and your husband to? Because he could have called you to go to. Ethiopia and do missionaries. Like why, why this? Funny. You should say that. Cause a lot of times people would look at our kids and go, are they from Ethiopia? Are they from Haiti? I'm like, they're from Cleveland. Well, yeah. no one's from Lorraine, <laughs> but other than that, they're, they're, they're pretty much right here. Um, I believe that God uses who we are. And earlier in my life, when I, I didn't know God, I thought I did. I was a Catholic. I thought I did, but I didn't know him. I, I had no idea. And um, I I worked on a hunger project in Tijuana, Mexico, and we went into the dumps and the orphanages and even into the jail and fed um, families and kids and whatever. So um, during one of the trips to the orphanage, I I realized early on that the nuns that were running this place, they only had time to like change everybody and then start over again. Like they didn't have time for really to spend with the kids. With the last one, it's time to go back to the first one. Exactly. And they had to, I mean, it just was the way it was. And there were, there were lots of cribs that had two kids in them. Some of them had a, a child under the crib. I mean, it was just really crowded and, you know, the kids just, they didn't, they didn't get the tactile attention that they needed. Yeah. And human beings need to be held and loved and looked at and seen. Right. So anyway, one time I was holding one in one arm, one in another arm, I'm rocking the two of them. And I was rocking another one with my foot. Wow. And I was like, I think I'm going to need to do something about this. Like, like, I just knew that I knew that I, 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 needed to adopt someday. Now I did, I think I was going to go down to Mexico, maybe, but 
I may, I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, I want to adopt brown babies or something. It yeah. wasn't that so much. It was just the need to help alleviate this problem was, was in me already in me. Yeah. So God used that later on when I did come to know him, he used that later on because it was sort of like tapping into a resource that he already knew was there. I often say, and I feel like this is exactly what you're describing, is that where our passions and our frustrations intersect, that's usually where our purpose is. Absolutely. So the things that you find yourself complaining about, the things that you wish you could change, mm-hmm. that's usually a clue as to what it is that you're being called to do. So you're looking right. at it and going, this is a problem and I don't like that. You know, now at that time, I don't know, or maybe you can tell me at that time, did you think, well, I'll just adopt as many kids as I can. And did you think that was going to be your way of fixing it? Or did you think you were going to start some nonprofit or consulting or like in your, you have any idea how you were going to solve these problems? No, I didn't. I mean, I was, I was a 21 year old uh, kid that was just you know, following her heart kind of thing. And I, I had no idea how it could be solved, that, let alone how I would be involved in it. Right. Got it. You and just, um, it rubbed you, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I always felt like, like your purpose, you could always figure out your purpose if you figured out what really made you upset or sad or what made you really angry. Yeah. And so early on in my life, um, Racism bothered me a great deal. I took care of um, a family that had um, kids of color and, and they were, they were, they were my heart. I mean, I love these kids. And so I, I was already kind of, I had already been taking care of kids and dealt with people that maybe didn't like the situation. Yeah. That was not a problem for me because I'd been there before. Um and my 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 parents were very much uh, embracing of that. They they always tried to um, keep us from uh, getting that that kind of mentality, which which you know some people just go there. I don't know why, but anyway, um, I had already I had already been there in my heart, like as far as the whole transracial piece goes. So, like I said, God can use you where you are. But 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 so racism used to bother me and and child neglect and abuse always just bothered me. Yeah. And so those those two things, I think, were indicative of of the purpose that God would send me on that that kind of a. An assignment, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that I, I truly believe when we're talking about a God shift in our life, when we're talking about God taking us from where we are to where it is that we really need to be or where he desires for us to be, how important it is for us to elevate his position in our life. So in your opinion, why is that so important? To elevate God? Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, he's, he's, he's the one that's going to be able to, like, I always told the kids, like, where God gives vision, he gives provision. If you're, if you're, moving in what he's called you to do, he's going to meet you there. So when um, we would get a child that had, uh, we, one of our kids was autistic and legally blind. And, and so he's going to provide in, in those situations. Right. And, and 
your trust goes there. And so if I have faith, faith is not what I think in my head. Faith is what I do. And so, right. So, so I can say, okay, that chair looks solid. It looks great. It looks like it could hold me. I believe, I believe that chair would hold me. Did you sit on it? Yes. Right. So if, if you sit on it, that's faith. If you say all that stuff, it's what you believe, but did you actually do it? And I love love that you say that, Trisha, because I I see so often that people use belief and faith interchangeably. It's not the same thing. You're right. This is what you think and faith is what you do as a result of what you Mm -hmm. think. One comes first and then the other. But Mm -hmm. I hear people use the word faith and use the word belief as if they have the same meaning. No, not quite. Right. I mean, I I can say everything I believe about that chair, but if I haven't sat on it, I didn't show that I believe that. Exactly. I haven't demonstrated that. And so anyway, so we stepped out and I I always told the kids too, like that the scripture says that God will be a light unto your path and a light unto your foot and a light unto your path. And, and that, you know, a lot of times you stick your foot out in the dark and you're just expecting him to put firmament under that foot. Right. He's, he didn't say he's going to be a Klieg light into the distance. Fair enough. Right. OK, no Klieg lights. So we're going to have to do this one step at a time. And if you just trust that God has those next steps, you don't have to think about all of them. We're so finite. We can't. I mean, if you try to, you'll be it'll be crazy making. So you have to trust God to take care of all those things down the line and and you're going to take care of right now. And you're going to take care of this baby right in front of you right now. So I just want to put you on notice that I'm stealing that because okay. <laughs> I say all the time that the problem is, is that we don't take the first step because we can't see the step down the street and around the corner. And we uh-huh. don't worry about that stuff. And so I love what you said, the fact that, and I'm paraphrasing, but God said he would be a light unto your path, which means right in front of you. He mm-hmm. didn't say he was going to be a light unto four states over. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not a, no, no clean lights. It's going to be your path. It's always right. the path that's in front of you that he's going to light. He's not yes. concerned about lighting what's four years down the road. Your right. path will be your path at that point. So only focus on what's in front of you um, and don't and don't get stalled and not even go down the current path because you feel like you can't see what's way off. In right. The- right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and, and frankly, it's none of your business right now. It's totally his. Oh, none of your business. <laughs> yes, is the yes is completely our business. But the how mm-hmm. is this business mm-hmm. is our yes. I swear yep. I find myself saying this. In every single interview, whether someone is interviewing me or I'm interviewing someone else, that always seems to be the common thread. The how is none of our business. All yes. That's the difference between being interested and committed. Like when we're truly committed and when we're truly willing to ride shotgun and let God be in the driver's seat, like the resources Mm -hmm. show up, the people shows up, the instruction shows up. But we have to be obedient enough to say yes. And then that's the word obedient. Yeah. That's the word. That's yeah. it. That's it. Awesome. That's good. I want to mm-hmm. pause and, and, and do a quick commercial. And then when we come okay. back, we're going to start to look at how we can give some tips and advice. So people find themselves in these types of situations and how do they bring all this together? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you out of disruption and into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com. That's GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So, Trisha, we've talked a lot about why God does the things that he does, why he uses the situations in our life that he chooses to use, why he chooses to call us into the things that he calls us into, even if it doesn't make sense, you know, why it's so important that we lean on him. And I think that most people can buy into those things theoretically and conceptually, but I really want to make sure that we give some tips and advice that people know that they can actually apply to their lives when they find themselves in similar situations, because Mm -hmm. everyone that listens to this podcast may not be called to adoption. Everyone that listens to this podcast may not have found themselves in the situation that I was in, that the Lord needed my attention to call me to ministry. And so he dried up my very successful business. So even though everyone's story is different, the fact of the matter is, is that we all go through things that we don't understand and it's all being used for a purpose and to get us into our purpose. So I want to talk about some of the advice that we can that we can give some of mm-hmm. our listeners. So if you have someone that is struggling to put God first, you have someone that is struggling with whatever it is that they're going through, what is some advice that you would give them for this season of their life? I would say, well, first off is that if you're feeling kind of that that inner quaking, like, like stuff is just happening and I don't know what's going on and that kind of thing. That's a good thing. Mm. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It just, just means that you are really, you're ready for that shift, right? So the shift is going to, the shift is coming and you just need to be ready to say the yes, you need to be ready to obey which way he's, he's sending you out, whatever that is. I and it, 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 if it's unnerving, then it's God. It, it can't be something you're like, I have a handle on this. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And you're going to see this, that, and the other thing. I am right on top of it. A, B, and C, then one, two, and three. If you're, if you're there and God, because you, you don't need him, you, yeah. you're, you're doing it in your own strength. If, if you, if it has to be God, then he'll get the glory. Yeah. So then you have to feel a little bit excited. Try to get excited about that, that, that kind of vibration that's going on and you don't know what's happening. You gotta, you gotta go, okay, God's doing something. Yeah. I can remember January of 2018 and I was sitting there and I literally said these words to myself middle of afternoon. I don't know what is going on, but I just feel like God is up to something, Uh right? Uh Now, for many people, that may have sounded like, what made you think that? You didn't look at all of the things that were wrong and go, oh my gosh, something bad has to be happening. But there was something in me that just knew that God was up to something and he was up to something big. This was on a Wednesday and about mid-afternoon. I get to Bible study that night and my pastor walks out. And the very first thing he says is, is there anybody other than me that feels like God is just up to something? (laughs) That's cool. 
I like it. I really would have wish I should have. I could have thrown my shoe at him. Wouldn't have been, <laughs> but I really wanted to throw my shoe at him. And there was a level of excitement. But again, it sounds counterintuitive. I was not making the money that I needed to make in my business, so much so that I put my mortgage on a credit card two months in a row. Mm-hmm. And I was used to think about it, make the money, think about it, make the money. Like that had just, like business had been that easy for me that I just kind of thought it always would, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't planned on writing any more books. The same pastor prophesied to me that the Lord wants you to write another book. I did it. I had just spent about $30,000 on this book launch and then everything around me just dried up. But yet at the same time, I was like, but I feel like he's up to something and whatever it is, it excites me. And mm-hmm. so I love to hear that, that, that that's your advice is that before we start going down the road of what am I supposed to do and how am I going to do it? Can we first just pause and get excited about the fact that he, that greater is coming? Mm-hmm. Right. No one's ever given that advice. I love that. Yeah, and truly, like what you were saying, that your your business dried up um, on the same the same path. Uh, I believe God gives pink slips sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you're not in your own business, He'll give you a pink slip. He, yeah. he He's gonna get. He's got. He's moving you on. And and when you get that pink slip, and it comes out of left field, you did not see that coming that's a good indication it was him. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So we begin to wrap up, Trisha. Is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with? Any final words? Hmm. Well, I would say first off, just uh, just trust that God has things in control, no matter how out of control they look. And there were times when you can imagine with eight kids, lots of special needs and all that stuff, stuff looked radically out of control. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I knew he had it all in his hands and that I trusted him with it. And no matter what, you're going to you're going to come out okay. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. I mean, we've read the end of the book. We know we win. So right. what goes on between now and then, you know, we're just gonna we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see what God has planned. Yeah. I mean just that's, that's the thing. Like it's, it's all, I mean, anything that happens on this more mortal coil is temporary light affliction, right? It's all temporary light affliction. Just, just accept that. And, um, and then we, we have to, we have to look to him and see what he's doing. What, what is he teaching us? What is he teaching our children? What is he teaching the people around us? Or, or, or are we in some way, the way we're responding to stressors in our lives. And I, and I say respond because I'm I, not reacting. I mean, responding to stressors in our lives. Um, how is that teaching other people? Wow. What do they have that I don't have? Or, yeah. or how do they, how do they handle things like that? How did you handle that? Right. I mean, just things that, that you just can't, believe people could possibly get up for get out from under and 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 walk around and their clothes still match and they're not drooling and rocking in the corner. Oh my gosh, how did they how did they handle that? And it's because of him. Yeah. He's he, you know the scripture where it says in him all things consist. I always just love that. Like he holds it all together, right? And it you should know. be that simple. Like I think that we think 
oh yeah, it can't be that simple, especially when I'm feeling like I'm in my what the hell is going on moment. But it really not just should be, but it really is, is. that simple. And if we can just relax in that, mm-hmm. we'll be able to look back the next time something shows up and go, that's all you got? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Right. How can our listeners um, find you and follow you, Trisha? Well, um, um, I'm Trisha K. Campbell. I use the K because Campbell is like Jones. It's everywhere. Uh, TrishaKCampbell.com. Uh, Trisha K. Campbell on Facebook and Instagram. Um, uh, my book, my book's title is Eight Was Enough, A God-Led Adventure with Adopted and Special Needs Children. And that's, you know, pretty much what it was. <laughs> it was an adventure. Never lonely, never boring. Um, it's it's full of all kinds. Of, it's interesting. The reviews are coming in on the book. And I, I wrote it to a young me because I needed... I needed that book when I was raising the kids, but as the the reviews are coming in, I'm finding it to be uh, like for some people, it's a faith journey. For some people, it's kind of a, a faith, hope, and love story. And other yeah. people, it's a Christian parenting book. I don't know. It's just a bunch of things. So yeah. um, it's scratching people where they itch. So anyway, yeah. So that's where you can find me, TrishaKCampbell.com. Awesome. And if people are wanting to learn more from you in any of those categories that you just named, is the book what you would recommend? Oh yeah. The book, the book is really, yeah, it's got a lot, it's got a lot of interesting stories in it. It's, it was really quite an adventure. A lot of really cool miracles happened and, and like, you just can't believe the miracles God did. It was just so cool. Um, but, but also if you, if you go on my website, there's a contact button. If you, if you want to contact me that way too. And they can get the book on the website as well. Absolutely. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So I will make yep. sure that the links to your social media and also the links to your website are okay, in the great. show notes. So people are not rewinding and pausing, trying to get on. That <laughs> okay. Perfect. I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your contributions to the world. Thank you to the contra- for, for your contributions mm. to We Little Brown Mixed Up Race Children. <laughs> <laughs> well, so thank, thank you for having me, Shana. You're welcome. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of A Godship Podcast. I pray that it has blessed you. Go get Trisha's book. Um, be sure to listen to other episodes, future episodes, share this information. Um, everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.